Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. For the month of August, God has really had us speaking about sin, and that could be such a touchy subject. Um, it's been used a lot to shame people. People have been walked out of churches and told never come back here just because they sinned or they were sinful, they did something wrong, and it's almost like churches have gotten into a place, not all churches, some churches. I don't also, I don't want to generalize, but it's something that I've lived, that I've seen, the testimonies that I get are real evident that this is still happening, even in our city, in our state, and everywhere we go. We almost want to just clean our hands off the sin and not deal with the people that are in sin, that are struggling with sin. And one of the messages that we spoke, when you go through the book of Romans chapter 6, we've, we've been so focused, the church has been so focused on sin being an action. And it's not taking away that it is an action. It is an action. But it goes beyond that. So we get so action-based, so caught up in like, I need to stop doing this. I need to stop doing that. But the moment you stop doing this, then you get into that. And the moment you stop doing that, then you get into this over here. And it seems like a vicious cycle of sin in your life and habits that you just somehow can't break off. You thought you broke it off, and now you started something else. And then you broke this off, and you started something else. But when you identify and you go through the book of Romans, you'll see that most of the time when the book of Romans is speaking about sin, it's not speaking about a verb, a verb being an action, right? But it's speaking about a noun. A noun is a place, a person, or thing, right? And it's mainly speaking about a person because it says sin is a king that it's reigning over you. That is reigning means to rule over you. It's the best way to explain it is it's, I'm going to explain it this way. It's just the care God's given me. It's childlike wonder, but I, I feel like I can bring it together. This week, I, uh, on Disney Plus, they have the live-action Pinocchio come, right? They, re they released it. And I watched it. I cried my eyes out. I was like, oh, it's the love of the Father. Like, I see God in everything. And I, I've said it even in social media. I, the scripture said, whoever is pure, all things are pure. And whoever is wicked, all things are wicked. Right? When you look at things through the eyes of purity, like, wow. I never saw that. But as I started going through that movie... I saw, I saw this Geppetto represented to me the father. And he made this boy. And I didn't even know that Pinocchio was made out of pine, right? That, that, and then he goes, pine, okio, pine, okio. I'm like, get out of here. I didn't know that's where that came from. And then he eventually goes, Pinocchio. But it's Pinocchio because of pine, right? So he's a kid that's made of wood, right? But we are made of earth. We're made of the dirt of the earth. Um, so it's still an object, right? That, and it was created out of that. So that was us. And then he desires for the kid to be alive. He comes alive. And it's when the, for me, it was like when the Lord blew his breath in us and we became alive, right? And, but he wants to be real. Like, he still can't accept the fact that he's loved by his father. So he's just starting to, it gets in his head because people start telling him, you're a, a, a toy that wants to be a boy. You're a toy that wants to be a boy. And so many people start telling us, oh, you, yeah, you, you think you're going to be a pastor. 
you think God loves you. you I mean, I went through that. And it becomes this discouragement, even in the church. You might go someplace and you just get shredded because we forget what God did with us. When people tear you down, it's because they forgot. You need to pray for them because they already forgot what God did for them. And pride has settled in their heart thinking that they made that on their own. They think they made it to this place on their own. They could preach about Jesus, but their pride reveals they think it's about them and about the Father, right? So anyways, the boys sent to school. And then it was funny because Jiminy Cricket, the little cricket, right, Jiminy Cricket, cricket. Um, he's, t- he's like the conscious. He's like, I'm the conscious. He's like anointed. He's like ordained to be his little voice. He was like a little pauper, and then he gets like a little nice outfit. I'm like, oh, look, from prince, from pauper to prince. Like he was given a mission. But he's supposed to guide Pinocchio in doing the right decisions, right? Teaching him what's right and wrong. And it, that even reminds me of the voice of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus takes off and he said, it's, it's a benefit to you that I leave. For when I leave, I will send you a comforter. I will send you a friend. And he will lead you to all truth. Right? So I, I kind of enjoy that part. And then the little boy goes to school. Pinocchio gets kicked out of school. Because they're like, you're a boy. You're a toy, not a boy. You know? So he's weeping because he wants to be something. And it reminded me of people. It reminded me of of myself when I would go to church and I wanted to serve God but I had this testimony and people saw the marks of my sin and the people saw my brokenness or, or Ralphie had all his tattoos or or maybe you got divorced and, and now you come into church as a single mother and I have testimonies of women that went to church as a single mother and they were told we don't want people like you or we, I've met people that had an addiction to alcoholism or they were dirty I've known people, I've been in churches that a homeless person walked in and was walked right out this is a place, but not for people like you. This happens, guys. I know it hurts to hear this, but it happens. It's shame. I was told when I was bringing gay people to church, I wasn't bringing people to church to affirm a lifestyle. I was bringing pe- gay people to church so they could encounter the lover of my soul. Because just as much as he loved my soul, he loves their soul. But I was told you're bringing too many of those people here. Not here. This was, I'm talking about 20 years ago. And then those people were gone again. So because you just didn't look the part, you didn't act the part, you didn't dress the part, you didn't eat the part, all of a sudden you become an outcast. So that's what I saw in the movie. So the little boy's crying. At that moment, then this wolf with a cat, but it's a wolf, comes by. He's like, hey, uh, you know, you could have a show. You could be this. You could be that. You could be a puppet. And then he believes the lie. That was like a seduction, like fame, trying to come in. Well, if I can't be this in church, I'll be this in the world. I can't be loved here, so I'll be loved here, and I'll be that. It's like when people used to see me, they were like, you're going to go to hell. Christian was like, you're a sinner, you're going to go to hell. Gospel was never presented. Jesus was never presented. Oh, you're this, you're going to burn. So I was like, but I haven't even done nothing. So I'm going to go to hell. This was my mentality in 1997. If I'm going to go to hell, then I'm going to live like a devil. If I'm going to burn in hell, then I'm going to do everything bad and go to hell with a reason. Which is also a very big lie. It's a lie of the enemy that's deceiving people. Because then they surrender themselves completely to all these evil spirits. They literally become possessed. I was possessed. I was possessed by hate. I was possessed by bitterness and anger. 
And that led me to other behaviors because I hated myself. I hated my family. I hated the church. I used to, I remember having a dream in 1997 where I went with a thing of gas and burned the whole church down. And they were singing fire, fire. And I was like, oh, you want fire? Go ahead, burn. Like literally that was the hate because of the shame that I was put through. And that's what the devil wanted. He's a murderer. So he wants us to be murderers. He's a hater. So he wants us to be haters. He's the liar. He's the father of lies. So he's going to seduce you with lies. So you become a liar. But God is the father of truth. He is truth himself. So he's bringing you to the truth. Satan is darkness and God is light. So we choose who we serve. We can't be here and expect, oh, I died. You can't expect to make it to heaven in the hands of Satan. You have to run to the hands of the Father. And if you're in the hands of the Father, don't let fear come in and tell you you're going to be lost. Because the Father got you. He's, Satan is always lying at the door. Always. From Genesis. This is in Genesis. When God told Cain, sin is lying at the door. It's the, it comes to the door, and he's still, even though you're in that other room with Jesus, he's still throwing arrows. He's still throwing lies at you. He's still trying to discourage you. You be in the kingdom in the anointing and still arrows. But don't get caught up with an arrow and get pulled out. Fight the arrows. Put on your helmet of salvation. Clothe yourself in the armor of God. So anyways, they take poor Pinocchio, even though he didn't have strings, they're trying to put strings on him. And all of a sudden, when I saw the puppeteer putting him into the system, I was like, that's religion. It was religion. He was just tangled in religion. And then the people are throwing the golden coins or whatever. But then he was just being used as a spectacle. I was used as a spectacle. I went to ministry. I did. When God will give me a word, like, no, no, you prophesy when I tell you to prophesy. What you're going to do is catch my jacket when I throw you the jacket. And the audacity, I was like, I'll never catch the jacket. And one day, that old pastor took off his jacket in front of the whole church because everybody wanted to follow the pastor. And he took off his jacket. And he looked right at me. And he went. I was like, oh, no, he didn't. It was like slow motion. And I literally went, boom. Everybody in the, I was sitting on the side of the altar, like, so I was, like, sitting here, so the whole church was looking at me. Everybody's face was like, <gasps> and then I went. I was so upset. You have no idea the persecution and trials I went through. The enemy trying to use me. Oh, those people that want to go to Florida. There's nothing in Florida. Oh, look what I found in Florida. A church. <laughs> you know you know how the devil knew you guys would be in my church one day the devil knew that in Florida one day I would be a pastor I was in New Jersey 20 years ago and I'm like the Lord called me to Florida through the same pastor prophesied to me you'll go to Florida one day and I'm like I'm gonna go to Florida one day I'm gonna go to Florida one day and I would just wait for the day to go to Florida years I go to church God's gonna take me to Florida and in Florida I'll be a pastor one day and I'm gonna have a ministry one day then the pastor get up those people that think they're going to Florida. There's nothing in Florida for you. I'm like, I'm confused. You prophesied it. I still have the CD with his voice. <laughs> because sometimes people don't even realize that God's speaking through their mouth. 
like, I don't even realize they prophesied the truth of God, and then they're trying to take it back. Controlling the anointing, controlling the move of God, controlling the power. Oh, you're not connected, and you need to show me that you're connected because whoever's not connected to this ministry will perish. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I doing wrong? I'm bringing souls to church. Oh, well, that's not the, you're not connected to the vision. I'm like, the vision says giving to drink to the world. I'm the only one in this church going to the streets, bringing people. Well, not that vision. Then what vision is on the altar? No, you need to do what I say. What does that mean? Well, when I tell you to prophesy, then you prophesy. When I tell you to speak in tongues, then you speak in tongues. Puppeteer. There's no strings here. There's an umbilical cord to heaven. To my father. And I had to learn to be like, oh, mm -mm. he goes, give me your anointing. I was like, what? How can I give you my anointing? I can't take it. I'm always very mentally literal. I'm like, I can't take it out and give it to you. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when I tell you to speak in tongues, speak in tongues. When I tell you to prophesy, then prophesy. And I was like, uh-uh, that's not a God. That's not a God. And I said, Pastor, I will never wipe the sweat off your forehead. I will never catch your jacket. And I'm never going to go on the altar to give you a cup of water to drink. I'm not going to hold your Bible. But I will always pray for you. That's all I'm going to do. Because this manipulation and control is deceiving the people of God. You've been anointed. You've been chosen by God. But you've been walking around like a puppet. If you're going to be a puppet, at least be a prophet puppet. Let the hand of God come upon you. And let the hand of God be the one that speaks through you. Don't speak words that other men are speaking. Go to the Father's house. Go to the throne room of the king and say, King, what do you want me to tell your people? And get the message from the king. We don't need to regurgitate anything. We need to go into the presence of God. There's revival coming, but God is raising up warriors. If you want to stand by the sidelines, you have the freedom to stand by the sidelines. But God is raising up men and women of God that know his voice. Not people that repeat, but people that declare. You either repeat what other people are saying or you go hear it from the king yourself. There's a very big difference. It's knowing his voice. You might know Bible verses. You might know scriptures. You might have a degree in theology and still not know the voice of God. You want to hear his voice. I went to school. I was raised in church and I did not know the voice of God. And I promise you, everything I'm saying is opposite to what I have written here. He's taking me somewhere else. But I'll let him control my strengths. He's feeding me. Because there's rivers flowing into my belly. Let his rivers flow into your belly and flow from that place. Even when you prepare a message. The message I'm supposed to be preaching is called valuing your pain. And he gave me that, but he's leading me this way, so I'm going to talk about this. There's a reason why he wants me to talk about this. So even in Pinocchio, he was controlled for a while. And then he was put into the prison. Yo, shut up and you'll do what I say. I'm telling you, I was watching that. I'm like, I see what I never saw before. Right? And then he escapes from that. And it's like with me, I got hurt through religion and they walked away. I said, 
screw church, screw religion. I'm never going to do anything in church ever again. And I walked away. And I walked away for two and a half years. That's what I did. And then sin comes. Because then the next person that picks up Pinocchio is with all these little children that are rebellious. Putting, finding the rebellious kids and putting them in a wagon. Oh, let's take you to Pleasure Island. In Pleasure Island, you could do whatever you want. In Pleasure Island, you have freedom. YOLO. You only live once, so do whatever you want. Because that's what the devil's going to tell you. You're free. In America, you're free. We're the land of the free. In, in America, you could do whatever you want, serve whatever you got you want. You could live however you want. That's human law. But Jesus didn't come to give you that freedom. We're not talking about politics. I hate politics. You're not going to see me get into politics. I dislike it. They taste it. Ugh. Maybe you like it. That's you. It's okay. I don't judge you. It's not my calling. It's not my calling. My calling is the kingdom of heaven. I see the kingdom coming. I see the kingdom coming. I, see a, I don't see a president coming. I don't see a leader coming. I see Jesus coming. Whatever happens on earth will fade away. But what comes from the heaven, what comes from the kingdom of heaven will remain forever. This is only but a play. The whole world's a stage and every man and woman a merrily player. This, we all acting. This is all an act. But eternity's coming. So why would I get caught up with the ways of this world? If I didn't get caught up in the ways of this world in sexuality, and I didn't get caught up in the ways of this world in religion, I'm not going to get caught up in the ways of this world in politics. I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus. Because the one that died for me was Jesus. The only one worthy of honor, glory, power, and praise is Jesus. And every man is only doing what God called him to do. But if we come against one another, if the church starts hurting the church for things outside of the church, then we have allowed sin to come into the church. Because sin is not only adultery and fornication, it's also slander and hate and bitterness against your brothers and sisters in Christ. Tell me, this is not even my message. You want to read these notes? You want to read these notes? They're not, I'm like... I was going to talk about the Good Samaritan, bro. <laughs> I'm like, where am I? I'm in another room. <laughs> but it's the truth. God is exposing sin. We always go, oh, the homosexual, the prostitute, the lesbian, the addict. How about the hater? How about the ones that are plotting against pastors? How about the ones that plot for people to leave their church? How about the ones that don't show mercy to the sinful one? Is that not hate? How about the ones that pass by the hungry and not feed them? How about the ones that walk by the naked and not clothe them? How about the ones that walk by the lost and not teach them the good news of salvation? Is that not disobedience? What was the first sin in the garden? Was it fornication? Was it homosexuality? Was it addiction or was it disobedience? Woo! I need somebody to read this notes because I can't, I'm like, what's happening to me? He's like, well, you said you're connected to my umbilical cord. <laughs> Release. I'm like, <laughs> I almost hear the echo after. I'm like, did that just come out of my mouth? <laughs> Jesus Christ. But we get so caught up in watching the sins of others. And we don't look in the mirror of the spirit. We're so caught up with what he's doing. What she's doing, how that one's dressing, how that one's acting, that we don't go, Holy Spirit. You see, when David prayed, 
he said, God, scrutinize my heart. Break down my heart. That my heart may be pleasing to you. He wasn't saying, Lord, check her heart, check her heart, check his heart, check that heart, check that. No, my heart. Because what does it matter that a man will gain all the riches of this world and at the end lose his soul? What does it matter that you reach a million people for Jesus Christ and you end up in hell yourself? It could happen because it's written in his word. He said, on that day many will say, Lord, we casted demons out in your name. That means you could be in disobedience and still cast out a demon. You could lay hands on the sick and recover. And you still don't know the Lord. They didn't get healed because of you. They got healed because that person had faith. And then you thought that faith was about you. Isn't that what Satan did? He's shown with the light. He's shining. Oh, look, everybody's worshiping. No, he didn't see who was standing behind him. He was made of precious stones too. But he needed light. To shine through him. To reveal his true beauty. So everybody's worship saying, like, oh, I'm just like God. Oh, no. It was the light of God, you liar, that was flowing through you. And you missed it. You missed it. Can that not happen to us? That we begin to think it's about us. I'm just so anointed. So talented. I'm so good at preaching and teaching. I'm so good at winning souls. I'm so good at helping those in need. And yet along, it was a boastful heart. Paul said, if you're going to boast about something, then boast about your weakness. Why do you think I testify about my story constantly? Why do you think I encourage you guys to give your story and not my story? Because in my brokenness, he revealed himself. In my pain... He revealed his might. It was in my disease that he revealed his healing. But religion has puppeteered so many believers. I see it. I've seen it. I've seen the needy get kicked out. But what does that look like in the scripture when Jesus went to the temple? Where were the children? Where were the sick in that story? They were outside. Oh, it was the temple of the Lord. We have doves and pigeons and donkeys. Come and pay money for your sacrifice. Pay me some money and you'll get healed. That's not the same thing. Give me some money and your family gets set free. Do you not see? You're being deceived. That it's happening. We thought we were raised as believers and a bunch of us were raised as Pharisees. But Pharisees can't see what's really happening. You think you're seeing, but you're completely blind. That's why we hear the word of God and we hear loss and religion. And we can't even hear about the feast. We can't hear restoration and healing because all we still hear is commands and laws. That's why people still believe in the old, but don't even believe in the son. But the son reveals the father. If you take Jesus out, you're taking the father out. We need to stop making excuses. Well, Jesus is this. and Je No, Jesus is the Son. And there's no one else given to save mankind but the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we're going to compromise, then that's what it's called. You compromised. 
It's that place where we need to stand. I built my house upon the rock. And when the wind blows and the storm comes, my house will not fall. But who is that rock? King Jesus. He says, if you do like a wise man, you adhere to my words. My sheep hear my voice and they follow the voice of the stranger. They do not follow. If you're following the voice of a stranger, then you're not following the voice of the Lord. Because no one can serve two masters. You're either going to love this one and hate that one. Or you're going to love, you're going to love this one and you're going to hate that one. You're going to love King Jesus. Because that one is deceiving you. That one is religion and manipulation and sin and death. And what he does, he acts like he likes you until he attaches the strings to you, Pinocchio. And then he puts you in a cage. And then you find yourself in that cage. You know what, you know what Pinocchio, go watch the movie. You'll see I'm telling you the truth. You know what Pinocchio was crying as he was hanging in the cage? He said, I just want to go to my father's house. And I heard those words and it rocked my heart. And I was like, that was me. And he went to Pleasure Island. See, sin is going to tell you, do whatever you want. <laughs> Come on, you, you've seen the movies enough. You've seen all the movies. You know what evil sounds like and you act like you don't know the voice of the devil. It sounds like fear. It sounds like hopelessness. It sounds like worthlessness, like you're never going to make it. Like it sounds like kill yourself because you're never going to make it. If they find out the truth about you, they're going to leave you. So don't you ever tell your wife you were unfaithful. That's the voice of the enemy. Don't tell your pastor your sin because if you sinned and your pastor finds out, they're going to remove you from your position. So keep that secret. That's what sin is telling you. That's what the voice of the enemy sounds like. The enemy says, run and never turn back. That's what the enemy says. Your mission cannot be fulfilled because you messed up too much. And then you go and you're in sin, just like sin. But then he's like, I mean, I'm just going to party. I'm a king, but I'm just going to party with my friends. Forget what I was called to do. I'm going to party with my friends, just like Pinocchio. I should be in my father's house, but I'm going to go to Pleasure Island, and I'm going to be with the rebellious, and I'm going to do whatever I want. Not knowing that sin is luring you to death. That sin is luring you to bondage. That's what it does. It's deceiving you. It's like, Snow White, eat this apple, and you shall live. And she bit the apple, and she died. It's just the way it is. The enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy your purpose, your destiny. He comes to steal your identity because the enemy knows you're a child of the most high God. So sin is going to come against you and tell you to run. It's going to tell you to be quiet. Sin is going to tell you that you're not good enough. The sin is going to tell you that your father hates you and that your father will never forgive you but your father from his throne room is saying i want the wicked ones to repent i want the evil ones to turn from their evil ways for i am lavish in forgiveness lavish means he is overflowing with forgiveness for you i feel like a pentecostal preacher today or something and then the same kids that were rebellious, partying in Pleasure Island, you literally see all the rides have demon faces on them. You really look, I was like, wow, I never saw this. You know? And then all of a sudden they turn into donkeys. And literally, literally demons in the movie, like demon shadows with eyes that are like light, but shadows. 
are grabbing the donkeys and engaging them and now sell, selling them off into slavery. When you read the book of Romans chapter 6, go to chapter 4, 5, and 6, you will see that sin is a human trafficker. Sin is an enslaver that has taken a royal priesthood and enslaved them, put chains on them, and brought them from light into a dark place. It's what he did to Adam and Eve. Oh, if you just taste this, if you just eat this fruit of this tree, you'll be like God, which was a lie because they were already like God. It's, I, I don't even know why they call it the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Everything in that garden was already good. Everything God already created was good. When they bit the apple or the fruit, whatever it was, the only thing they got was the evil. Because they already knew good. There was no more good to be known for everything was already good. Everything was made good. Everything was made righteous. Everything was made holy. The moment they ate that fruit, they went into darkness. The very woman that was the blessing, the help from God, all of a sudden, is the woman you gave me. They accused God. We're all poor Adam and Eve. They got kicked up by the father. No, we still have the broken mentality that we're still blaming God for kicking them out. But a good father will tell their kids, young man, young lady, in this house you will follow my orders. And you will not disrespect. And if you want to do what you want, you're going to have to find your own house. That's a good father. You're not kicking your child. Oh, my mom and dad kicked me out. So now we live life blaming mom and dad. No, mom and dad were putting house order in the house. Are you repenting? Are you coming to church because you're repenting? Or are you coming to church because you're trying to change the culture of this church? You want me to accept sin or you want to be transformed because I'm not changing. I've been transformed by the might and glory of God. Do you want God to take the junk out of your life? Or are you just trying to bring junk to church? Do you want to be set free or are you trying to bring bondage to your brothers and sisters that are already free? This is the question to the church. We need to wake up. What is really going on? What are really our intentions in the house of God? I know it's like, whoa. Where's the sweet little jiggly, giggly Abraham? Tell it to be Abraham. Oh, the warrior was always inside. It is the goodness of God that leads a person to repentance. Goodness means tough love. But he draws you in with ribbons of love. And then correction comes. God is calling his church, guys. You have no idea of all the confessions, all the sin, all the stuff that is coming out since the month of August when God told me to bring, to preach about, to preach about sin. And I'm not talking about here. I'm talking about not even citywide. I've been meeting with ministers outside the city. Ministers, ministries confessing their stuff. So I know, and I'm like, I'm telling my pastor, I'm like, why, why is this happening? Why are all these confessions happening now? He's like, you're doing a really good job at this. People are feeling safe. When you speak about sin to the point they're realizing that sin is not an action, but a person that's been tormenting them and they want to be set free. That's why they're opening up. Okay, I, I had to go to a minister outside of town, and he has a really horrible situation. I'm not mentioning names, but this person was in church, doing ministry, but still hooking up, doing stuff in the world. 
and just tested positive for HIV. Okay, so if I haven't called you back, if I haven't answered your calls, it's because we're dealing with real stuff. Okay? And it's painful to see what sin is doing to the children of God. Because they don't feel safe to talk. They don't feel like they can confess. They don't feel like they can seek out breakthrough. Then what are we doing? If we can't come to church and find breakthrough. If we can't come to church and be delivered. And we have to come to church to keep an image. Then what are we doing? Did we not go from one camp of slavery to another camp of slavery? And calling that camp freedom? But it's really bondage? Because nobody can ever find out. What I'm really going through. If that's anybody in this room, I'm available to you. Let's get you set free. And it's not in shame. If you can't sleep at night because you're being tormented. Because you're afraid you're going to lose your salvation. You're afraid to die in your sleep. Because you don't know what else to do. Because you don't know who to talk to. It's time we talk. It's time we talk. Maybe you want God to reveal it to me. God already did. But God's waiting on you. God's revealed some stuff. But you wait till you're ready. I'm only simply waiting. I was like, oh, I know. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's get you. We're going to get you into glory. We're going to get you into glory. It's the goodness of God, guys. It's the goodness of God. There's been another person I've been ministering to. The door opened through love. I saw the person in the kingdom. They're bawling. They reach out to me. They're like, you're on point. Everything you're saying. But all I saw was beauty. I see you at the feast. I see this. I see that. And then all of a sudden, the unfaithfulness, the lying, the this, the that, the brokenness in the marriage. And God said through love, Abraham, the same way I loved you. It's the same way that I've loved. I'm not putting shame on nobody because God met me in my sin. I didn't have an encounter with Jesus in church. Church kicked me out. I walked in the world just like Pinocchio. I went to Pleasure Island for two and a half years. And God met me there. God spoke to me there. Smoking, getting drunk, getting high, sleeping around. And Jesus, I had already been in church. I walked away from that. I said, I'll never do religion. But in my rebellion of never wanting to do religion, I confuse religion with God. Right? God is not religion. God is not your old church. God is not your old pastor. So stop blaming God for what man did. Stop blaming God for what your father did. Stop blaming God for what your mother did. God is not those people. God loves those people. But that is not God. And many of us have blamed God for what people did to us. Just like Adam, the woman you gave me. He didn't even say it was the serpent. It wasn't my disobedience. It was the rebellion to repent that got them out of the garden. What if they would have been like, Lord, we're sorry. Do you think there would have been forgiveness? There's not one Bible verse that says Adam and Eve repented. They didn't even, they started blaming one another. He blames the woman, the woman blames the snake. And the snake is like, <laughs> like the snake had nobody to blame. <laughs> you will drag. And God didn't curse them. The curse was already there. The moment you bite it, it cursed everything. When there's infidelity, it curses your wife. It curses your kids. It curses everything. When you sin, 
and you open your heart to sin, it curses you. And if you're a leader, look at this. And it's not shaming anybody. I just try to, I'm really trying to expose the strategies of the enemy. You need to know who you're fighting. Oh, yeah, we know the glory of God. We got the armor of God. But we don't know the strategies of the enemy. Know who you're fighting. He brings sin to you. Let's say you, you're a minister. The minister falls in sin. What happens to the leaders? They get discouraged. And if they were struggling with stuff, now they feel like they can't open up. And then what happens to the members? The members feel like, oh, my pastor failed. I'm going to walk. Half, half of the church leaves right there. Half of the people stop praying. Half of the people stop. If it happens in a, in a marriage. If you're unfaithful, that breaks the wife's heart. The wife is going to like be discouraged. The kids are going to see what's going on. So now all the kids start affected. Now the kids don't get good grades. And then you see this ripple effect. The curse, it doesn't, sin does not only affect you. It affects everything and everyone you know. Whether you believe it or not. Your parents might pray, but something happened. You're drinking and driving. You get in an accident. Your mom is a Christian, but now her heart is shattered. God, what happened? Why did my child go through this? And all of a sudden, chaos. It's the strategies of the enemy. I don't want anybody to feel like I'm blaming anybody. I'm blaming the hater of your soul. I'm exposing the enemy. Because everything I'm telling you is it's what I've lived. The tear, what happens to a mom when her daughter that was in church is now in the club sleeping around and hooking up? What is that mom? Any moms in the house? What happened when your child went to the world? Were you sleeping in peace or were you spending your nights weeping and crying, wondering if your child will make it home safe? I've loved people even as a pastor. As a pastor and as a leader, I've lost members that have passed away. I stay up in the middle of the night. Wake up with anxiety and this and battles. And you're like, Lord, you're literally travailing. Your kid, the person you love is in the club. They're going, dun, dun, dun. and the parent is at home. Like, oh, Father God, wherever they're at, send angels. Protect them. You don't think any mothers in the house, any fathers in the house, pastors, leaders. You think God don't reveal to me when you're going through stuff? Stop it. I want to sleep. It's real. I didn't believe my mom. I didn't believe. I remember when I, I'm going to be so blunt. If this can't go on social media, whatever. This stuff needs to go on social media. People need to start hearing the truth. When I bought my first porn in 1997, my mom was a praying mom. I bought it. I went in my closet. I had two closets. I went all the way back, hit it. Like two days later, my mom comes into my room. She opens the door. She's like, I had a dream. I had a dream that you bought a porn. And that you hit it right here. Ah! Years later, I'm just like my mama. Oh, have you ever gotten a call from me out of nowhere? You know how many people? I went somewhere recently to minister to some people. And one of the sisters was like, the weight God uses you is crazy. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, you don't understand how many times my marriage has been ready to break We've been ready to get divorced, and you pop up with a phone call or a text message. And she's like, you know everything. I was like, I don't know nothing. The Lord tells me to call you. I call you, and I deliver the message. I didn't even read the letter. And God uses us 
to help. This is, I'm telling you, I don't care. If you're in sin right now, I'm not shaming you. If you're going through a struggle, please know I'm not shaming you. I'm trying to protect you. I'm trying to show you that you're loved. I'm trying to show you what, how the enemy's tormenting you. I want you to sleep in peace. I want you to go to bed be like, Father God, if I'm going to die tonight, hallelujah, let heaven receive me. But you know when you do something wrong? You know when you get a broken heart and you're crying in your car? Because he told you he was going to love you and all of a sudden used you and left you? And you were like, and then guilt comes. You see, I told you you're not strong enough. I told you you're a hot mess. You see, you've been praising God this whole time, but really, this is who you are. That's what the devil does to me. I can't stand him, so I'm going to expose his lies. So you could walk in freedom. Your pain, right there, that will go with the message. Your pain has worth. It has value and it has purpose. God could take everything you've been through and turning it around for the glory of God. You went through addiction. You're fighting an addiction. I see you, God. I see God setting you free. I see you ministering. I see you opening a man's group, a woman's group. You went through prostitution. I see you creating a group for women. You've dealt with homosexuality. I see you leading the gay community to Jesus. You were abused and woman, battered woman, being cheated on your wife. I see you writing a book and leading other women to hope and salvation. You were hurt by religion. I see you teaching people about freedom in the Holy Ghost. Everything the enemy created to destroy you, God is turning it around to bless you, to heal you, to restore you. Finally, I'm almost done. I think I'm going to title this Pinocchio. They're going to be like, Pinocchio preaching, what? But this is good, right? This must be some type of God revelation. <laughs> um, eventually, he escaped the island. Because he, it was amazing. He had goodness in his heart. And the, even that, I remember being in the club, and there were times I felt God. I was like, <laughs> I remember this one time. I was in Puerto Rico. We were in a casino gambling. Well, they were gambling. I was drinking. And I was not serving God. I was away from God. And I was with my cousins in Puerto Rico. And then we went to this Burger King in the middle of, like, nowhere. And a girl walked. There was only man in that place. And one young lady walked into that place. I was buzzed. I had been drinking. I was not in church, guys. So I'm not giving anybody permission. I'm just telling you that God met me in that broken place. I'm not telling you go get broken. Listen. Because sometimes people hear stuff in their heads. And they hear the wrong thing. So let's clarify. And this young lady comes in. And I looked at her. And I'm telling you, I heard the voice of God. And he said, save her life. This was 2000, November 2009. I was like, nope. Mm -mm, nope. Nope. You don't use drunks. Nope. No, nope. Nope. I look at her again. Save her life. Like that. I heard it. And I'm looking at everybody else like, did anybody else hear that? And I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm, no, 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 what am I tapping into? This is a sin. And that was a sin. Getting drunk wasn't a sin, but hearing that was a sin, right? I'm like, mm-mm. I'm like sitting there, I'm eating the burger, like, save her life. And I'm like, God, no, I cannot do this. This is crazy. You don't, and I, I said, you don't use drunks. And I heard a snap, like, like that. That was the best I've ever heard it. Because I was here like this. I'm like, oh, it doesn't give the effect. But it was like that. And I instantly was sober. And he goes, and I heard his voice. He says, you're no longer drunk. What's your excuse now? I need you to save her life. And I'm like, oh, my God. This is crazy. I need to get saved. 
Like, I'm like, I need to get saved. And I'm like looking at my cousin. I'm like, I'm meeting my cousins for the first time in Puerto Rico. Like, so they all leave. The girl leaves. And then I, I looked at my cousin. We were leaving. He's like, he's like, come, let's get in the car. And I was like, I said, did you see that girl? He goes, yeah. I was like, I need to talk to her. He goes, no, 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 don't mess with me. He goes, don't talk to that girl. That's a prostitute. I was like, I know. God told me I need to talk to her. He's like, bro, don't get me in trouble. And he thought I was going to do something wrong. I was like, wow. So I, he showed me the car that the girl was at. I go to the car. The window was like this open. I knocked on her window. She lowered it more. And I asked her in Spanish. I go, can I ask you a question? She smiled. But that, the question she thought I was going to ask was not the question that I asked. Because I saw it. She thought I was going to say, how much? And I looked at her. I leaned in. And I go, has anybody ever told you that God loves you? And her face got pale and she starts weeping. And I'm like, look, I'm nobody. I start crying. I'm like, I'm nobody to be telling you this. I'm a mess of myself. I was just drinking. But I hear God and God's telling me that he loves you. That he wants to save you. And I led her to Christ. And we did the salvation prayer together. Because <laughs> I got saved too. I was just like lead you to salvation and I'm not saved you know and I'm bawling and she gives her life to Jesus we get in the car and I leave I thought I saved her life right I'm driving like two miles down the road I'm telling you it was pitch black on that road I hear the voice of God and he said I told you to save her life I said, what I did he goes no you didn't I was like I saved her life he goes no you didn't you saved her soul I was like, what? He goes, she's going to die tonight. I was like, what? I mean, what, what am I supposed to do about that, right? He goes, why is she there? She's prostituting herself. And judgment came out of me. She's prostituting herself. He goes, but why? I go, oh, she needs money. She needs money. She needs money. He goes, buy her and send her home. So I was like, I looked at my cousin. His name is Joel. I was like, Joel, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I need to go back. And he goes, he literally, I didn't tell him nothing. He goes like, he's driving. He pulls out his wallet. He goes, I don't know what you're doing, but he's another. He goes, I don't know what you're doing, but here's another 20. I had 60 in my wallet. He gave me 20. That was 80. I start crying in the car. So I drove back. When I drove back, she was in the car with her face on the steering wheel, weeping. Right? So then... The window was this open, so I just went in, and I just, like, banged in the car. Like, I scared her. I was, I was shaking, and I pulled my hand like this, and I'm going, hey. And she jumped to the car, and she started screaming, don't hurt me, don't hurt me. And I'm like, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to hurt you. And she goes, what? Then what is that? And I just opened my hand and dropped all the money on her lap. And I go, this is the reason why you're here. And the power of God came upon me, and I just started weeping. I literally felt God. I was like, because you used to serve God. But you didn't trust him. He told you he was going to be your provider and you didn't trust him. And he's saving you. And I started hearing a woman praying, Lord, bring her home. I was like, I hear a woman and she's praying. And she's saying, God, bring her home. Bring her home. I was like, go home. I'm buying you, so go home. And the Holy Spirit came upon both of us. We both got hit with the power of God. I literally started speaking in tongues in the street. 
I was not seeking God. I was not in church. But his grace and his mercy. And God said how she was going to be raised up. And that one day I was going to see this woman preaching and that I was going to know it was her through the testimony. I never saw that girl again. I got to the house. My cousin is bawling in the car. He's like, I've never said nothing like this. And I'm like, ah. I was crying so much because I felt so unworthy to even feel the love of God in my broken state. All my family, we went in the living room. All my aunts came out of the room. They're sitting in the little Puerto Rican living room up there. And I'm just bawling and weeping for hours because I felt the touch of God in a place where I wasn't even seeking him. I wasn't even trying to. So even in my pleasure island, the Lord came to rescue me. The Lord came to bring me out. And then it was so beautiful because then Pinocchio, like I just went from a serious story right back to Pinocchio. <laughs> He, he gets out of church, uh, Pleasure Island, and he goes home. And then, like, his father's house is empty. And all the, um, the cuckoo clocks are gone from the wall. And a seagull comes because the seagull talks to him. And he goes, where's my father? Where's all my father's stuff? And you know what the seagull said? The seagull said, he sold everything he owns to go look for you. And that wrecked my heart because that is exactly what God did for us. The Bible says that the kingdom of heaven is like a jewel merchant that found a pearl and sold everything he had. And he bought the land and he bought the pearl. He says the kingdom of heaven is like a man that found a treasure box. And he went back and sold everything he had. And he bought the land with the treasure box. And I just cried. I was like, it's the love of the father. And finally, by the end, when Geppetto, the father, is with his son, he's like, dad, I just wanted to be real. He's like, Pinocchio, I just want you to know that I've always loved you. I didn't need you to be a real boy to love you. That even in your wooden state, even in your broken state, even in your muddy state, I love you. That's the love of the father. I feel like I just went through a crazy journey on this preaching. I feel all this stuff. Amen. I'm done. I'm done. Hallelujah. <laughs> and that's not, that's, that's not even practice. Look, I'm not even playing. Look, look. This was my preaching. You could, you could read this preaching. <laughs> it's just something totally different, you know? But it's, God knows what you need. God knows what your heart needs. God knows what your family needs. God knows what your friends need. God knows what you need. God knows what you've been through. God knows you've been hurt through religion. God knows you were kicked out. God knows you were told you're not good enough. God knows they were trying to put strings on you. God knows you went to Pleasure Island and rid the rides of Pleasure Island that lead you to death and slavery. But even after all of that, the father was out in the ocean, inside the belly of the whale, just like Jonah, looking for his son, looking for his daughter. That's why the Bible says that the story of Jonah being three days in the belly of the whale is uh, uh, like a metaphor for the story of Jesus in the grave. And then when I saw Geppetto in the side of the whale, I'm like, that's the Lord in the belly of the whale. That's the Lord in the grave. 
still looking for his children even in hell. He went to hell and got the keys of hell like, let my children out. Open the chains. Release the chains. Get my children back. Get my children back. And when we join heaven, when we become evangelists, all we're doing is leading people back. We're just getting, go that way. Go, escape. Escape. That's the exit. That's, the, that's what we're doing. We're getting people out of darkness into marvelous light. And God needs you. God needs your story. God needs your testimony. A lot of people, God don't need you. God needs you. And God wants you. Because he started a good work in you. And since he began a good work in you, he is faithful to complete it. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up. If you could stand up, because I know, I feel like falling out. Woo. Jesus. Yeah, sure, please. Man. Does, any, does, does this bless anybody? God loves you. And God's not done with you. Just like Geppetto was looking for Pinocchio everywhere, God's been looking for you everywhere. Everywhere Pinocchio went, Father went after. Pinocchio! Where are you? Pinocchio! Where are you? And that's what God's been doing from heaven throughout your whole life. He's been going, Katie! Katie, where are you? Ralphie! Ralphie! Has anybody seen Ralphie? Has anybody seen Leslie? Leslie? And he looked for you until he found you. And he didn't stop looking for you until he found you. That is the greatness of this love. And even when you feel like giving up. Pinocchio was crying so many times. Because he was pushed away. He was bound. He was this. He was that. Even in the midst of his tears, he didn't know that his father was looking for him. And throughout your whole life, throughout those times that you were crying, throughout those times that people used you and abused you, through the times that religion mistreated you, through the times that you gave up looking for the father like you thought you were never going to make it back home, the Father has been looking for you. He's been still looking for you. The moments you stop believing, He has still been believing that He was going to find you. Because you, a real Father, a real Father will never give up. A real Father will not stop seeking for His child that's lost. And the Father has always been seeking you. Always. And he says, I'm never going to stop looking for you. Where you go, I'll be there looking for you. When you get weak, I'm watching, pursuing you because I love you. Because I love even your soul. Because you are my beloved. Because you're my little one. For nothing will ever separate you from my love. Not height and not depth. Not angels and not demons. Nothing in all of creation can ever separate you from my love. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.